Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! All right, I know, I know. You've heard a lot about the State of the Union today. Tony talked about it. Rob talked about it. Casey talked about it. But the Hammer and Nigel show, we do things a little differently around here. That's right. We're going to have a good time talking about it this afternoon. We're going to laugh. We're going to yell. We are going to check in with a wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. How many push-ups you want to do here, pal? Not going nuts. <laughs> I knew. Look, I wasn't really looking forward to watching this last night. Honestly, I, I went into it, put the kids to bed, uh, went downstairs. But, I, you know, I knew the night was going to change for me as soon as I saw Dr. Jill and Kamala's husband start making out. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Get you some Dr. Jill. I mean, that, just, that wasn't just some little granny kiss there at the beginning while uh, everybody was coming in and right. sitting down. That was that was a pretty aggressive. There may have been, you know, some tongue involved. Fifty shades of gray hair. That's what that was last night. <laughs> the good doctor going in mouth first. All uh, right. By the way, when we say doctor, we're not talking about a medical doctor. No, we but she demands that yeah. you call her a doctor. Yes. You know who doesn't do that? Real doctors. <laughs> uh, but after that hot and heavy action... Yes. That's when it looked like Joe Biden. Somebody clearly gave him a testosterone shot somewhere. They give him a big fat shot in the ass and he comes out. (laughs) And for two hours, he's better than ever before. He's telling jokes. And then the next thing you know, he's Mr. Tough Guy. Joe Biden wants America to believe that when it comes to China, he's the alpha. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world. Not anymore. Uh, what? Wow. <laughs> I, I'm sorry? Yeah, he's trying to do a victory lap on, uh, on you know, our dominance over China, and we just let a uh, Chinese spy balloon traverse most of the country, uh, spying on us, and then blowing it up over uh, Myrtle Beach. After it had crossed the country already. Uh, a very slow moving, uh, doesn't seem to be very sophisticated platform for a uh, for spyware to to look over military installations, nuclear missiles, nuclear silos, and he's trying to get everybody to pat him on the back for the way he handled China, Mr. Tough Guy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that the same Joe Biden that pledged to veto any legislation to stop U.S. oil reserves from going to China? And let me be clear. If any of these bills somehow got passed, the House and the Senate, I will veto them. <laughs> I'm so upset at myself I didn't put creepy whisper on the bingo card. It wasn't. A, did anybody hit bingo last night? I don't think they did. He didn't play the hits last night. It was kind of an off night for the things he usually says. Yeah, if you would have put the whisper on there. I know. I'm kicking myself for that. But on the subject of China, and apparently the Billy Badass that resides in the White House... 
even before, you know, <laughs> pledging to veto the legislation that would stop our reserves of oil going to China, this dude spent decades bowing down to China and even hoped for their continued oh, expansion yeah. at one point. China is not our enemy. I believe then, and I'm even more convinced now, that a rising China is an incredibly positive development for not only China, but the United States and the rest of the world. It is in our self-interest that China continue to prosper. China is a great nation, and we should hope for the continued expansion. We want to see China rise. A rising China can be a significant asset for the region and the world. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. They're not bad folks, folks. But guess what? They're not a they're, they're not, not they're competition for us. China is not our problem. We can help them with some of their problems. China is not a problem. The idea that China is going to eat our lunch is bizarre. And so, what are we what are we worried about? We talk about China as our competitor. We should be helping. Do you think, in retrospect, that you were naive about China? No. And that's just from the last couple of years. That makes it sound like, you know, he did, he let the balloon cross the country on purpose for nefarious reasons instead of just a a strategic military move. So all the things that we've laid out already, if that wasn't enough, then to prove that he was really tough on China, he went full brick Tamlin from Anchorman. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. I don't know what we're yelling about. Loud noises. By the way, I just on a side note, I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about there, but uh, like I, I guess maybe. Uh, the president of china is so isolated nobody would want to change places with there's plenty of third world evil dictators that would love to change places with him give me a break i personally believe i'm gonna go full miss teen south carolina on you i personally believe (laughs) that u.s americans would be better with brick tamlin as the president (laughs) of the united states he would have done a better job last night on that uh, podium. Uh, in case you missed it last night, and if you did, God bless you. Uh, Joe Biden claims that the Republicans want to eliminate Social Security and Medicare. And then take a listen, because it sounds like there's some real-time fact-checking. Some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Oh, Oh, boy. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. Listen to that. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. I'm not saying it's a majority of conversion. you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. <laughs> Look, folks. Wow. Whoa, Republicans didn't like that because what he was saying wasn't 
true. I mean, Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, already said that's, you know, Social Security, Medicare is off the table, right? He said that the night before the State of the Union. Yeah. So it had been on the record for 24 hours. I, there's a lot of different takes on that. I heard Rob Kendall's take. He said it was a big mistake for Kevin McCarthy to to lay those cards out on the deck and or, or I guess take them off the table. Um, uh, there's other uh, people that were saying that was Joe Biden. It was a mis- big mistake by Joe Biden. I, like If I was the Republicans and I had already gr- agreed not to touch Social Security and Medicare and he's out there perpetuating that lie, I'd be like, all right, you know what? Game on. It, they, it is on the table now. Screw you. If you're going to continue to perpetuate that lie, then maybe we'll just have a discussion about Social Security and Medicare and how we could cut it. It had a British Parliament feel last night at times. Because that wasn't the only time that the Boo Birds came out. Uh, Listen here as Joe Biden tries to talk about the fentanyl crisis, which, oh, by the way, he has a big hand in because of his wide open border. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. More like 100,000. You got it. It's your fault. They're yelling border. It's your fault. Yeah. And he severely underestimated that that fentanyl death count, by the way. It's more like 100,000, not 70. So we were talking with some folks in the hallway here before we got on the air. Was it a good look for the Republicans to be like the two old Muppets in the balcony and boo and hiss and heckle whenever Joe Biden said ridiculous stuff? Here is Nick LaLotta. He's a Republican representative from New York. He was talking to CNN about this this morning. Did you do any heckling? I did. I, I was upset when the president lied about his statement on Social Security and Medicare. What did and you I say? was vocal about that. I booed the president during that time. I come from New York. We call it the Bronx cheer. When we see something that we don't like and certainly something that somebody was lying to us in our own house, we're going to give some feedback then. It's the people's house, and if you're going to lie to them in the people's house, they might give you a dose of your own medicine here. And by the way, a couple of years ago, when, when when Nancy Pelosi ripped up President Trump's speech after he was done, like all the decorum, all, all that stuff, that's out the window now. Right. You're done with it. The same people saying that was unprofessional last night. For every little Rex Chapman and everybody else, they were <laughs> applauding when Pelosi ripped up that copy Absolutely. a couple years ago. No question. Now, if you stayed up really late, you saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders deliver the GOP response. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is. Your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Uh, she nailed it. I, I, she absolutely nailed it. I mean, I think it's tough. Uh, maybe she went on a little bit long, but it's it's tough just sitting in her in a room by herself. I would think and delivering that speech. I, I agree with Tony Katz earlier this morning. He said she she needs to be in front of a house full of uh, 
uh, Republicans. Right. A, a room I mean, you're reading it right off the teleprompter, so it's not uh, yeah. like she has to remember anything. Yeah, by the way, not everybody's as animated as, as a Donald Trump or a... DeSantis, and, even. Yeah, exactly. And she hit it right on the head, though. If you, if you didn't hear that whole thing, go back and listen to it if you have time. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hammer's over there. My name is Nigel. We'll go straight to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Wish TV meteorologist Tara Hastings. Tara, how's it going? Hey, it's great. Did you guys seriously come in with it's raining men? <laughs> Not my choice. We are topical around here. See, that's what makes us number one, Tara. Oh, okay. I get it now. Hey, wow, that's great. Hey, I had um, my recently had my uh, garage floors redone. Galaxy Concrete came out, and um, it, they look awesome. But the, but I have to let it sit for a couple of days, and I had to drag everything out into my driveway. So all, all my crap in my garage is sitting in my driveway. All his classified documents are out there in the driveway, Tara. <laughs> so it's going everywhere. Uh, yeah, so, oh no! So, no I've got like, like the big old beer. Timing. Is it really crap? <laughs> I mean, no, my garage floor looks amazing, by the way. But, oh, but, well, but, but, everything uh, that's in your driveway is going to be down in, like, in the neighbor's yard and maybe even like at the end of the road. The t- the so, so I've got tarps um, over most of the stuff, but you're saying to me that we could be seeing some inclement uh, weather tonight oh. and lots of winds and things? Yeah. Okay, so first, uh, what first is going to happen later tonight, we're going to see the rain develop, right? So I would say uh, maybe the tail end of the evening commute heading into the overnight hours could see some moderate to heavy rain at times, Uh, maybe three-quarters of an inch up to an inch in some spots here. Um, Then the winds are really going to ramp up. You'll notice the breezes pick up later tonight. But during the day tomorrow, so we've got this high wind warning that just was issued from the National Weather Service that includes Indianapolis could see winds gusting maybe near 60 miles per hour Whoa. and then even though if you're not in the wind advice or the wind high wind warning uh, around the Indianapolis area pretty much across the entire state we could see winds gusting 40 to 50 miles per hour so and that's pretty much throughout the day on Thursday so hopefully you don't have trash day or you didn't just get your garage floor redone. <laughs> I got a big beer fridge just sitting out there. Wait, like I don't mind the rain so much because they're all tarped up, but it's the oh, wind. Yeah. It's the wind that, that concerns me, especially that those things could, that if we don't have them secured down yeah. hard, hard, hard enough, well enough, that, that they're gonna blow away. Oh boy! Yeah, because if you get any kind of wind like underneath that tarp, if you don't, have, you know, I mean, it'll just yep. pick it right up. Yeah. Ooh. So Tara, when you're talking about these wind gusts tomorrow. Is it going to be cold when that happens? Because I can deal ah. with the wind. I'm, I yeah, don't mind yeah. the wind. I actually have it on my bucket list. I want to cover a hurricane one day. But when you're telling me it's going to be like 30 or you know below temperature-wise, that's when it goes right. from this would be fun to this sucks. Well, exactly. And this sounds like the uh, the full Sanchez, right? He hates the cold uh, temps. I'll tell you this, and I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to have like a flip, I like to call this like a flip-flop day where high temperatures are actually going to be for the first part of the day. So like right around daybreak, we're going to see temperatures in the upper 50s near 60. So tonight, temperatures are actually going to rise. We're, be into the, we're at 50 right now, I think I just looked. So uh, up 
upper 50s, near 60 degrees through the overnight hours. So that high temperature will be early in the morning. And then during the afternoon, temperatures, yeah, are going to fall. But I don't think we're talking about freezing conditions or anything like that. I think we'll fall into the mid-40s later in the afternoon. So it's not going to be, you know, ridiculously cold. But, I mean, it's going to be a 20-degree spread from when you wake up in the morning to then when you're leaving for work from when you come home from work. Because, listen, I'll admit, I'm a baby when it comes to this kind of stuff. There's <laughs> yeah. nothing I hate more than when you're out there pumping gas and the wind is howling and usually, because it's my luck, the only luck I have seems like it's bad, that's when the gas pump asks me, do you want a receipt? Do you want a car wash? <laughs> no, I just want to get my big Please. ears back in my car. That's all that I want to do right now. Or like the pump is like really slow, you know? Like we were, <laughs> my husband and I were in like line and then the Costco line we're like, good gravy, what is this woman taking so long? And then we get up there and we were complaining and he's like the pump is really yep. slow and i looked and he's Happens like oh. all the time right and i'm like oh all right we'll give her some slack <laughs> so we had a little twitter thread going the other day we need yes. to make this happen we need to have an all wish tv weather edition of beer sample friday oh yeah that's right I mean, I didn't talk to him. I, I saw Marcus Bailey this morning briefly, and I didn't even mention it to him. But I mean, it sounds via Twitter. I mean, we we're all ready to go. I mean, I, I mean, I can get on board with this. Okay, I, I, I want mean, you to be the point got, person, Tara. You are the point person. You just work with us. We'll make this happen, and we will turn Beer Sample Friday into a house party. We'll even do the kid and play dance together. <laughs> Well, let me tell you something. It's been a long nine months here. So, I mean, I got uh, I got, I got like almost six weeks, six-ish weeks left. So. Okay. Well, so when you that, drop that yeah, shorty, well. we're going to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to partake. I, do we, no, sometimes, no, don't get mad at me because sometimes, you know, I'm at work when uh, it's Beer Sample Friday. So are these like... Small samples or these like entire cans? Are we talking? We're, we're talking, talking entire like, cases. <laughs> oh, are we talking domestics? Are we talking IPAs? I mean, I have so many. It's everything. It's it, it it spans the spectrum. Right. We span the globe oh, on like Beer it. Sample Friday. So we're gonna make this happen here. This. All right. right if I got it. Anybody has any questions about the crazy weather we're about to have in the next twenty four hours? Where can they find you? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I am on Twitter, um, MET, which is short for meteorologist, because you can't go with meteorologist Tara Hastings on Twitter. It's too long of a handle. So MET Tara Hastings. I'm also on Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook as well. And, of course, as always, on Wish TV and wishtv.com. Tara Hastings, Wish TV. You're the best. Thank you, Tara. You bet. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. They should have been fired a long time ago. I think we got a show. Oh yeah, we got a show. We definitely got a show. On 93 WIBC. Oh yeah! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, here in just a second, more on uh, the bar that's shutting down here on South Meridian, downtown India. A bar I spent a considerable amount of time in in my early 20s. Uh, we'll touch on that here in just a second. But first, Hammer, uh, we just had this story uh, yesterday, the day before. IMPD now has released that body cam video of the man 
that was shot in his grandma's driveway. So you may have heard it on some of the newscasts throughout the day, but let's reset the story here. Anthony Macklin was 24 years old, and it was in the early morning hours of New Year's Day. So late night, New Year's Eve, early morning, New Year's Day, however you want to look at it. And he pulled into his grandmother's driveway. He claims he didn't want to wake up his grandma, so he just went to sleep right there in the driveway, in the car. Well, grandma looked out the window, didn't recognize the car, and she called 911 around 4 a.m. saying this black car was in the driveway and she didn't want to go outside and see who was inside. So officers arrive and they see Macklin was asleep in there and he's got a weapon. They see a weapon. This is according to the officers. And they tap on his window. They announce police, police, police a couple different times. And according to the police officers, they claim Macklin reached for his weapon or pointed the weapon. And at that point, shots fired. Macklin was hit three times by the police officers. His car was hit like three dozen times. Yeah. Now, we're going to play you the police audio here. This is from the body cam of one of the officers. Police department. Police! 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 Put your hands Oof. Now, Macklin lived. Macklin is alive. His family is filing a lawsuit against a number of different people, a tort lawsuit against the chief of police, Mayor Hogsett, the IMPD, and others. But the thing about this body cam footage, and yes, the officer had it on, and that's what we see the video from, it's hard to tell whether or not this Macklin character was pointing at the cops or even reaching for yeah, his weapon. But the IMPD says he did it was had the weapon on his lap while he was laying down. And the weapon was and recovered. He, and, he was, and he wasn't exactly responding to police requests. Correct. Um, <sighs> it's a tough situation yeah. here, man, because I can kind of see both sides of the argument. If you're one of these three police officers, you think you see this guy reaching for his weapon in today's climate where you know officers are under attack and just look at the numbers to back up that claim i understand but also if you're sleeping in your car in that neighborhood you probably should have a weapon with you uh, yeah there's a lot i don't there's still a lot of layers to peel here i i don't know if like were the cops they should have had ever they should have I feel like every possible light should have been shining in that car, and maybe they should have taken a, a not a break, but just backed away for a second to regroup to figure out exactly how to get this guy out of his car. I, I you and I are the most pro law enforcement show uh, in the country, probably. Uh, but I, it just this is this is the reason right here why. Police are having a tough time recruiting, I think, because, you know, they're calling for the arrest and firings and the prosecution and, and they're suing the city, you know, suing the city. And at the end of the day, they might have a point. I don't know yet. 
IMPD's critical incident response team is investigating the incident, and the department's internal affairs unit is conducting a separate investigation. Now, ultimately, if this goes down the line, remember there is a merit board that the police officers use in situations like this, and there are civilians a part of this now. So I don't know if any questions were really answered by this body cam footage that was released today. So we'll keep you up to date on this story. Now, the bar we were just talking about when we came into this break, Tiki Bob's. You spent a lot of time there in your 20s. (laughs) Tiki Bob's was the bar that introduced me to the duck fart shot. I'm sorry, the what? (laughs) You had a duck fart shot? I have not. It's I think it's Kahlua at the bottom and, and then they pour Bailey's Irish cream in the middle, and then you uh, put actual crown uh, whiskey on top. Boom. That's duck called fart. a duck fart. That's called a duck fart. That's hmm. where I was introduced to that. We did plenty of those back in the day. I finished third in a Halloween costume contest at Tiki did Bob's really? one year. <laughs> See, the duo down there on South Meridian, the Tiki Bob's and Have a Nice Day Cafe, uh, Have a Nice Day Cafe eventually went away. Tiki Bob's is like, you know, even through the pandemic, kind of weathered the storm and stayed open. And yeah, it's a place where we used to do radio promos and live broadcasts all yep. the time with X103 and Radio Now. And uh, good times back in my 20s. I haven't been there in years, haven't been there in years, but apparently they're shutting down. So they were facing a situation where their liquor license was being challenged and there's been a lot of complaints about what's been going on inside of Tiki Bob's. Now, the owner of Tiki Bob's, a guy named Jason. Yeah, I know Jason. Inside and outside. Mainly outside. It's outside the bar. He tells Fox 59 that he kind of feels like he's being used as the scapegoat here for all of the violence and out of control things you see downtown when the bars get hopping. This is what he told Fox 59, quote, sadly, I no longer have the desire to be deemed responsible for the abhorrent behavior of a minute segment of our society. I refuse to be the scapegoat for the violent crime plaguing the beautiful city of Indianapolis any longer. And they put out a statement on social media that Tiki Bob's would be closing down. Yeah, like I said, I, I texted Jason, actually, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what the contents were. I don't, I don't th- I think it was just kind of off the record. I, I've known him, again, I've known him for a, a long time for what, I, for what I've, you know, ga- gathered. He's a really good guy. Um, and uh, I just, and, but again, I haven't, like, hung out with him or seen him in, in years, but I have his number, and we text occasionally. Uh, he said we don't have the whole story, basically, but he can't, I asked him to come on with us. But because of lawyer stuff, legal, legal lawyer, stuff. lawyer stuff, he can't right now. So that's that's all I'll say. I will say uh, the Indy Star did not paint a flattering picture of incidents that, that have happened, all the police runs that have happened over the years, and they had the numbers to back up their claim. But they really, they just... I didn't like the way they said, uh, well, Jason's dilemma paints himself as a, the victim. Well, no, who, whoever the nobody is that wrote this article had to interject. He's painting himself as the victim. No, he's defending himself. Right. He's like saying, oh, whoa, 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 hold on here. That's what this whole social media post was about. There's not, you don't know everything there is to know. So, oh, I, 
I'll try to get him to come on with us and, and have him break it down. I do have a feeling there's probably some police officers that are relieved that they don't have to make runs there anymore. Well, yeah, for now, though, but with Taps and Dolls being closed and now Tiki Bob's being closed, it's not like these kids coming down, I call them kids, they're in their 20s, it's not like they're just going to not come downtown. They're just going to go somewhere else, whether it's Brothers, whether it's somewhere else, people are going to come downtown to go to the bars, to find some nightclubs, and that's usually when some of the nonsense stuff starts happening. Like, I don't know. I haven't been inside Tiki Bob since I was in my 20s. Yeah, right. But how much can you put on the owner if he's checking IDs at the door, not over-serving people, but all the nonsense still happens? How was that his fault? And I again, I don't know. And again, it's a bar that has been able to weather the storm in terms of uh, just just the length of time it's been open is unusual for for bars i i believe i mean two a couple decades now and even through covid and they used to throw some killer uh colts pregame parties before home games that's probably the last time i've been when i was there with zpl when i was working there this was right after britney spears kind of came out of retirement <laughs> and she did this award show where she was like pudgy and out of shape and I dressed as Britney Spears in the bikini <laughs> that night and I won third place in the Halloween costume contest. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC. So Hammer, tell me about this casino uh, in Vegas. It's like hooking people up to travel to the, uh, the, quote, big game between the uh, Eagles and the Chiefs. So the win is one of the big resorts on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, they've that, never been one to, you know, shy away from the spotlight. They had Garth Brooks doing a residency there for a couple of years. and Is that towards, like, where MGM Grand is on that side of the... On no, that it's side down of, the other way a little bit. Down the other way, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's, uh, it's a big extravagant resort they've got a package for the game on sunday now the package includes round trip travel on a private jet to arizona for 12 people cool a meet and greet with shack gronk and guy fieri <laughs> guy fieri a private deck for your uh four big game events unlimited vodka and champagne security detail SUV transport, a private VIP bathroom, and access to a spa, all to go to the big game for the low, low price of $1 million. $1 million. Wow, that's a big price tag. That's a big price tag, but man, you get a lot of stuff here. You're hanging out with Shaq, Gronk, and guys making the food. You get a private deck for your events, unlimited vodka, champagne. You've got a security detail, a private VIP spa. How much do you have to spend to become like a whale at a casino? A lot. <laughs> because this is like 83, so it's only 12 pe- 12 people. Uh, so that's like, like, like 83 grand and some change per person. When so, Indianapolis hosted the Super Bowl. The big game. I'm sorry, the big game. You can't say Super Bowl. Oh, we're going to get fined for that. Um, I was working at the casino in Shelbyville, and some big-time you know, 
gamblers came in. Now, at that time, sports betting was illegal in Indiana, but the people came in for the game because they were probably comped tickets from somebody in Vegas, and they wanted to gamble. They spent so much freaking money in that casino yeah. that week. It was beautiful, man. Paid for all kinds of stuff. So the big game is what everybody has to call it. That's what you're t- talking about a second ago. So ridiculous. For, like bars and restaurants can't even promote things like a Super Bowl watch party because they're not allowed to use the term Super Bowl. But we th- actually think here at the Hammer and Nigel Show, we found a way around it. Due to trademark and copyright laws, we've swapped out the first letters to make this bit legal to broadcast according to NFL rules. Don't miss Booper Soul Sisty Fevin. It's the Chances <laughs> Kitty Seafs against the Philadelphia Feagles. Watch the quarterback matchup between the Seafs, Matrick Mahomes, and the Feagles, Halen Jertz. And don't miss the Booper Soul Shaftime Ho featuring Rihanna. Eat some Wickenchings, drink some deers, and enjoy the big game. Watch football on your Tig Benfoot screen Sis Thunday. It's Booper Soul Sisty Fevin only on Fox. There. Are you happy now? FCC, NFL, are you happy? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Jason Hammer's right over there. My name is Nigel. We'll go straight to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tommy Laren from Fox News. Also host of Tommy Laren is fearless on OutKick. Tommy, our audience already knows how we feel about the State of the Union address. Uh, They already know our opinion. I'm going to open it up to you and give you the floor. What did you think of what you saw from Joe Biden and the Democrats last night? Well, you know, it was a really lackluster speech when everyone, and I mean everyone, is talking about that smooch between the first lady and the second dude. I mean, that was the most entertaining part of the night. They could have just ended it right there, and I think everyone would have been happy. Uh, Very bizarre. We kicked it off with a a, a spicy little smooch there, and then, you know, it just went downhill from there. However, I will say this. I could definitely hear Joe last night because he screamed most of his speech. So there's that. I mean, what can we expect from Joe? I think a lot of people are just happy he made it through. That is how low the bar is for our current president. So, I mean, I guess there's that if we're looking at the positives. I wonder if they had to put that in the teleprompter, scream this, because it feels like it was a little rehearsed, no, was it not? No, because he would have read it out loud if that would have been the case. Um Exactly. So I felt like there's a lot of self owns for, for for Joe Biden last night. Stuff like he's like when he talked about fentanyl coming through. We've got a crisis of fentanyl. Well, there wouldn't be a crisis of fentanyl if you controlled the border, and that was where the crowd got pretty rowdy. What do you think? Yeah, what I loved was Republicans fact-checking him in real time. There was that moment and, of course, the Social Security and Medicare moment. And people are a little disgruntled about it, wondering why they did that. And, you know, it kind of disrupts the pomp and circumstance of the moment. Well, listen, they had to do it. And here's why. Because most Americans don't watch cable news. They don't follow politics religiously like the three of us do. So they might have been watching the State of the Union. And had they just been watching the State of the Union, they would have believed the garbage he was saying. So... 
that is why he needed to be fact-checked in real time. I'm happy they did it. I'm happy that they stood up. Uh, decorum has been out the window for years now. You know, they sit there and call us ultra-megas and deplorables. I don't really know why we care what they think of us at this point. It's time to set the American people straight, and that's what happened last night. I was happy to see the peanut gallery erupt. So after we had uh, the good Dr. Jill and the second dude have a little makeout session, <laughs> then we had Joe Biden going up there acting like Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. Billy Badass to China. Was anybody buying that Joe Biden is tough on China? Well, first of all, I think uh, going back to that smooch, I think it's funny <laughs> that nobody knows what that guy's name is. Yeah. I don't know what his name is, and I don't care enough to look it up. Like, I don't care. I just call him second dude, Mr. Harris. I don't know. So first of all, I had to point that out because literally nobody knows who he is and nobody cares. <laughs> but moving on, a weird moment for Joe when he was talking about China is he screamed that no one besides him could trade places with Xi Jinping. And I didn't understand what he meant with that. I it was very bizarre. He didn't talk about the spy balloon that he let surveil our country for days. He didn't talk about getting tough on China. It was a weird moment for him to scream what he screams. But I got to tell you guys, one of my favorite moments, and I think this is often overlooked when we're talking about the State of the Union, is the bizarre comment that he made about cashiers at a burger joint not being <laughs> able to walk across the street and work at another burger joint because of non-compete. I don't know about you guys. I have never heard of a fast food no. restaurant having a non-compete for a cashier, no. but I learned that last night. Yeah, when I worked at Steak and Shake in high school <laughs> for my very first job, Tommy, uh, I decided to quit and didn't go work at the McDonald's that was across the street. <laughs> Nobody had to buy me out. <laughs> uh, I just love that moment. And then I thought it was also so bizarre. It's not that these things aren't important, but in the scheme of things, when we're talking about China, when we're talking about the blank check to Zelensky in Ukraine, when we're talking about fentanyl, I found it odd that he brought up things like junk fees and how resorts yeah. shouldn't charge you a fee if they're not a resort. I'm thinking this is the state of the freaking union and this is what we're talking about right now. I mean if you want to get people fired up, I'm not sure that's the way to do it. But then again, you know, it's Joe. So here we are. What did you think of uh, House Speaker McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy sitting behind Joe Biden and he reminded me of uh uh, Uncle Lewis on Christmas vacation when uh, Aunt Bethany stood up to say grace and she started doing the national anthem instead. And you just look over at Uncle Lewis, he's like just rolling his eyes and shaking his head <laughs> and, and just so annoyed. I thought that was hilarious. I thought he did a good job of controlling his emotions, quite frankly, because I don't think I could have done it. But I got to say this. Another bright spot in the State of the Union for me was that I didn't have to watch Nancy Pelosi lick her dentures all night long. <laughs> so that was a positive for me. I mean, that was unappetizing uh, to watch that for the several years we had to endure it. So, again, I'm trying to think of positives here. And that was certainly one I'd much rather look at Kevin McCarthy than Nancy's dentures. You bring up Nancy and her dentures and ripping up the uh, copy of the State of the Union a couple years ago. It's funny, the same people who have their panties in a twist that the Republicans were heckling and yelling things out last night were the first ones standing up and clapping when Pelosi pulled her stunt a couple of years ago. 
Oh, of course, because we know that there's always a separate set of rules for Democrats and for Republicans. I mean, that's a tale as old as time. But I'll tell you what, talking about tale as old as time and what Democrats have been doing with their woke agenda. You know what I didn't hear last night, guys? I didn't hear Joe Biden talking about 64 gender options or men getting pregnant or having periods. (laughs) You know, all that woke stuff that they usually lead with. I didn't hear him talking about that. And it's for the exact reason that I mentioned earlier. He knows that the American people at large were probably paying attention to the State of the Union, even if they pay attention to nothing else. And he knows and he understands that that kind of stuff is not palatable to most Americans. That's why he left it out and tried to convince people that he was Mr. Unity and he wants to work with Republicans. It's all a bunch of crap. But once again, gaslighting the American people, his favorite task. Tommy Laren is our guest of Tommy Laren is Fearless on OutKick every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 o'clock. Also, you can catch her on Fox News. Tommy, did you see Sarah Huckabee Sanders' response last night? Uh, She's getting a lot of positive reviews. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it went on way too long. I liked the beginning part. I just thought it was a little wordy, got too long. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I wish everybody would keep their speeches down to 10 minutes or under. I think that that's the attention span that we all have now, and and I would personally prefer it. But I think she did a good job. Listen, Republican governors are hot right now. They are. Mm -hmm. And if we were smart as a party, we would stick to that. We would have governors doing everything and being really the face of our party at this point would be our great American red state governors that are doing well, that are popular, that are managing their states well, because that's winnable for us. So I understand why they picked her. I understand the choice. I thought overall she did well. You know, it wasn't anything that I was super excited about. I personally enjoyed when Marco Rubio was drinking water during his response to the State of the Union. I don't think you can beat that from several years ago, but she did okay. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm really curious as we wrap it up here, Tommy. Um, you mentioned governors, Republican governors are, are hot right now. I'm, I'm just curious um, off the top of your head what you think about uh, when Donald Trump uh, puts out blasts against Ron DeSanctimonious, the governor of uh, of Florida, and is that is that good for the Republican Party? No, and it's not good for him either. And he needs to stop doing that because everybody loves Ron DeSantis. That's the fact of the matter. What he was able to do in Florida and the counties that he was able to flip, like Miami-Dade, for example. You don't want to go after Ron DeSantis. You don't want to poke holes in him because he's doing well. It's not good for the party, but it's not good for Donald Trump. And I'm really happy to see that Ron DeSantis doesn't engage in that. Every time he's asked, every time he's baited into it, he simply says, I have bigger things to do. And that is exactly the quality I love about Ron DeSantis is that he is tough. He is firm. He is America first. He is Florida first. But he does not do the things that make everybody a little cringe at Donald Trump. So uh, I'm happy with the way Ron DeSantis has conducted himself. If Donald Trump thinks it's going to be a winning move to go after DeSantis, uh, I think he has a severe miscalculation. You can catch Tommy Laren is fearless every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern on OutKick, as well as YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also see her on Fox. Tommy, we always appreciate when you take the time to jump on with us here in Indy. Emma and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You are going to break down these stories and you will tell all of us if the story is anything or not. Okay. So, you know, every once in a while, a story that's old 
finds its way back in social media again. Like Twitter is notorious for killing off people that have either already been yeah. dead or something like that. Well, every once in a while, a viral video gets rediscovered by a new audience and it trends again. This is from a couple of years ago, but it's making the rounds once again. It's a DoorDash driver arguing with a customer on their ring door camera about the size of the tip they left her. She thought she deserved more than $8 because of the distance that she drove, yeah. but the customer didn't. I believe it. Uh, no, I could speak to you, actually. I don't think you realize the distance that it's come from. Because I drove 40 minutes, so I don't think you realize where you work from. I don't understand. Do you realize how far it is? That's a 15, 20-minute drive. It's not. It's 12 and a half miles. So I think you need to adjust your tip. How much is the tip? Oh, my god. You gave an $8 tip. What the hell are you looking for? <laughs> I gave an $8. Okay, I'm going to bring the food back. I'm going to bring the food back. Okay. Is she f kidding? $8? She took the food back. That's something for sure. That sucks. I, 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 wow. Yeah, that, that driver needs to be uh, jettisoned from that job. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the result that was from. That's the first time I've ever heard that, so that's maybe why it's making the rounds again. Uh, so, as far as... So, her case was the distance that she drove. I Every time I've done DoorDash or any sort of service like that, I, I just tip the 20% standard like you're supposed to, uh, you know, according to the costs of the delivery. Right. right. Am I wrong here? Am I, maybe there's uh, DoorDash delivery drivers or, or um, on, you know, d delivery drivers that feel differently. If I, that's the case, uh, eat, uh, put us on Twitter at Hammer and Nigel, because I would, I, I just do the standard 20%. Allison, are you a DoorDash or Uber Eats uh, customer? Um, I do like to do DoorDash, yes. And I'm with Nigel. I just do the recommended 20%. I don't think about how far that I, I didn't even I don't even drive. Yeah, I don't even look. I don't even look and see how far it is because I'm just assuming if it was too far, then it wouldn't be available. Well, and that's what you do when you sign up for a delivery, like working for them, right? You're, you're calculating your distance in there. And not only that, but yeah, you're in the service industry and some people are or jerks. I'm not saying this. I, I think the DoorDash driver was in the wrong here, but sometimes when you're in the service industry, you're going to get stiffed. You want a hot take? You want a real hot take? You want a scorcher? Oh, give it to me. I have never used DoorDash or Uber Eats. And I'm a fat guy. You would think... <laughs> That I would be like, you know, customer, you know, 1A, but no, I either just go get it myself. Now, I've had pizza delivered, but that's well, different. Yeah. It's its own category. Okay, well, let's get back to that in a second, but what's your take on who's right and who's wrong here? The driver's wrong. The yeah. driver is wrong. You never yell at the customer uh, who gave you a tip, and it sounded like it was an okay tip. Was it the proper amount? I don't know, but it wasn't like he stiffed her. And, yeah, when you start yelling, maybe that's why you're not getting the gratuity you deserve. <laughs> now, it's not the law you have to get tipped, back, by the way. Back to the back to the uh, the fact that you never use DoorDash or any sort of a delivery service besides pizza. Uh, why not? I Are, don't know, man. I just, I always go pick it up myself. I'll go through the drive-thru. I just, I live near a lot of stuff, so it okay. feels like it'd be a waste of time for me to have 
another person involved in the process here, right? I don't know what this dude's doing in his car with my food. Maybe he hates our show. <laughs> he recognizes the name. Right. Maybe oh. it's like Ryan Mears nephew and he's delivering <laughs> Oh, Hammer and Nigel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So I try to eliminate that if possible, but uh, hats off to anybody that uses that. And I really, I've never really had a problem at all. Sometimes they'll leave something out or, you know, leave the fries out or something or whatever, and they'll just credit my account. I get the order for free. I will say when I was a pizza delivery guy up at Ball State, I delivered pizzas to this one woman's house and she answered the door wearing nothing but a towel. Nice. Oh, man, there's movies that start out like that. <laughs> I almost felt like Chevy Chase and Fletch. Can I borrow your towel? My car hit a water buffalo. <laughs> I love Fletch, by the way, back on Netflix, I believe it's on Netflix. I was just watching it the other night. The good Fletch yeah, or the- that awful remake with John Hamm? Oh, not the re- yeah. No, I haven't seen the remake. I've seen the yeah. That doesn't look good. No, that no, does no, not no. look good. I'm not going to spend my time watching that. The original Fletch, of course. Is this anything? A passenger aboard a Delta flight from Orlando to New York City accused a flight attendant of telling his wife she had a quote stupid face after the couple tried to use a first class overhead bin. Uh-oh. Here is Thomas Todd interacting with the flight attendant after the insult was allegedly made. I will turn this plane back. You got the wrong one today. So I have you on video saying my wife has a stupid face. So I, I, I yeah, I read about this. Um, this happened, I believe, in November, December, and the you know they tried to put because there was no room underneath their seats to put their luggage for whatever reason, and there was no above, right above. So they tried to use it like the first class or the blah blah blah, whatever, whatever, and. You know, you're not allowed to do that. And now you're making me feel uncomfortable. The the people that she called stupid or the lady, you know, I don't have to look at your stupid face. They were calm and collected and reasonable the entire time, did not make any uh, insults, did do nothing, nothing, nothing. But because the flight attendant was being such an idiot, they had to get off the flight because she told the pilot, the flight attendant told the pilot, I don't feel safe. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with these people on here, so it's either me or them. And if it was her, then the flight would have been canceled because they didn't have a replacement. Which brings us to a new segment here on the Hammer and Nigel show called Great Moments in I Hate Your Face History. (laughs) This was a voicemail that I received a number of years ago, like right when we first started doing afternoons here at WIBC. This was on my personal office phone in the back. I just wanted to tell you guys that you really f***ing suck. I hate your mom. I hate your face. I hate your mom's face. Great moments <laughs> and I hate your face history on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Yeah, more on the State of the Union address coming up later in the show. I, I did think Biden, th- there was like a positive forward message to, to this State of the Union address, but his content was awful. Um, like it was upbeat, but it was just, 
like there were parts of it that you're just just rolling your eyes, especially the stuff about bashing law enforcement. I feel like he really threw police under the bus with the race baiting stuff. Um, so, and then but then he'll go back. This is what Joe Biden does. He'll throw he'll throw you under the bus on the it's like all police are bad. Or they're it's the racist. You're gonna have to sit down and talk to your minority kids about how uh, you know when the police pull you over, you have to put your hands on the wheel. But but then he'll go on to compliment the police. Thank you for the job you're doing. But tie police to racism. It's like it's like me coming over there and and urinating all over your leg and then handing you a towel and then apologizing. <laughs> so <laughs> and that normally doesn't happen until Friday. <laughs> So uh, we'll have more on that coming up uh, a little bit after 5 o'clock. In the meantime, Miss Allison, can I get a little mood music, please? Those no-good, rotten scumbags that used to work at Twitter were on Capitol Hill today in front of the House Oversight Committee, the new and improved House Oversight Committee. And of all the folks that were there that had a hand in burying the Hunter Biden laptop story and kicking people off because of their politics or if they didn't like their opinions on the vaccine, they're all scumbags. But there was one scumbag that rises to the top, and that is Yoel Roth. He's the biggest weasel of this group. He was the censorship czar, if you will, at Twitter. And today, he finally had a chance to face the music, and MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, lit him up over allowing a bunch of child porn to stay on Twitter, but banning conservatives so glad that you're censored down. I'm so glad you've lost your jobs. Thank God Elon Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child child porn (laughs) all over Twitter. That is a dressing down like I've never Ooh, heard. Bring in the heat. I mean, that guy, and then he was just sitting there with this sunken, sullen, you know, terse look on his face, and he was just sitting there taking it, and it was pretty delicious. I bet he thought he was uh, one hot mamma jamma when he was the, the top censorship boss. He thought he Twitter. was invincible. He thought he set policy across this country, and hell, maybe he did for a little while. And that's what happens when you think you're invincible in any industry, in any line of work. That's what happens. Eventually, you were brought down. Like, I don't think I'm invincible. At any time, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is it. This is the end. Right. I better, you know, get it right here. But these these people thought they were untouchable. And... Later on in that hearing, Yoel Roth, and again, I can't stress this enough, Weasel, um, says that Twitter saw Hunter's laptop having similarities to the 2016 Russian hacking of the DNC. Hunter Biden laptop story. 
In 2020, Twitter noticed activity related to the laptop that, at first glance, bore a lot of similarities to the 2016 Russian hack and leak operation targeting the DNC. And we had to decide what to do. What? What the hell are you talking about? Are they talking about the similar fact that the DNC fell for a phishing link and Hunter forgot his laptop at a repair shop and there's no evidence whatsoever Russia was responsible for either of these things he's talking about? But, but not only that, but the the Hunter's lawyers said it's his laptop. I mean, it was. They've had it since 2019. They had it. The FBI had it since 2019, and his lawyers just came out and said it was his laptop. And it's basically been proven and shown that the FBI and the DNC were both working in concert with Twitter on on wedding uh, and deciding what and what not to suppress and and quash. One of my favorite things they did today was apparently last couple of days have been arts and crafts time during the uh, hours of operation for the oversight committee because really? everybody had poster boards with <laughs> facts and yeah. tweets and information and James Comer the top oversight Republican had this big poster board of an old tweet from UL Roth that was never taken down. It was never removed, but conservative accounts that were less egregious were taken down. How big tech, the media, former intelligence agents, and the Bidens themselves suppressed the story of Hunter Biden's laptop weeks before the 2020 election. Today, we're hearing from Twitter executives who buried the New York Post laptop story claiming it violated the platform's hacked materials policy. In reality, the Twitter executives were hostile towards conservatives and biased towards anyone who opposed their points of view. For example, Mr. Roth, did you write this tweet? They're showing I regret it to the him. language that I used in some of my former tweets, but yes, I did post that. And, and I'll read the tweet so it's in the record. You don't regret Yes, it. that person in the pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. Mr. Roth, do you think all conservatives are Nazis? Certainly not, sir. What about the hundreds of people who worked in the Trump administration? Certainly not. Did Ms. Gaddy or any other lawyer at Twitter ever tell you to take down that tweet? No, Twitter did not have a practice of restricting employees sharing their personal viewpoints on the service. <laughs> oh, God, but if you had a personal viewpoint on uh, the vaccines, say, or COVID-19 in general, if you if you were a, a average everyday citizen with 200 followers and you put out your personal opinion, those got taken down. They would punch <laughs> you out the door like Pat McAfee, man. They would <laughs> drop kick you and kick you off of Twitter. Now... At this point, you can see Yoel Roth, this little weasel, this little weenie oh, that thought he was Mr. Tough he's Guy. He's squirming. He's squirming. He's shaking a little bit. And that's when Jim Jordan came in. So I think what a lot of people are wondering is if it didn't violate your policies and they didn't tell you it was fake, didn't tell you it was hacked, why'd you take it down? The company made a decision that found that it did violate the policy. It wasn't my personal judgment at the time that it did. But the decision was communicated you know, to me by my direct supervisor, and ultimately, I didn't disagree with it enough to object to. You know, you know what? Action. You know what I think happened, Mr. Roth. I think I think you guys got played. I think you guys wanted to wanted to take it deep down. We saw what the chairman put up, where you said, you know, everyone in the White House is, an, is a fascist. I think you guys wanted it to be taken down. 
I think you meet with these guys every week. We know that's been established in the Twitter files. You had yeah. weekly meetings with Mr. Chan in the run-up to the election. Yeah. They send you all kinds of emails. They send you documents on the super-secret James Bond teleporter. You get information on that. I think you guys wanted to take it down. I think you guys got played by the FBI. So that was Yoel Roth that was on the receiving end of all of yeah, that. that. That's that's what I said just a second ago. The FBI had the laptop since 2019, and they were feeding them. They were telling them what to do, basically. I mean, and they were, and Yoel Roth and those guys were more than willing to bend over. It wasn't just Roth that was taking some heat today. Vijaya Gaddy. She was the one that ultimately made the call to have Donald Trump's Twitter accounts permanently suspended. And of course, she was one of the ones that was all in on if you disagreed with the vaccine, that you need to have your account suspended or removed. She was the queen of COVID misinformation. Listen here as Nancy Mace of South Carolina grills Gaddy. May I ask of you? Where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing... You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. My favorite part about that is the very beginning. Can you just play the beginning one more time? Uh, I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. <laughs> I mean, Mace heard her the first time. Uh-huh. Everybody heard her the first time. She just made, she just made her say it twice in a row. Mace. Oh, God, uh, that's so funny. She was bringing the heat today, too. She had a big chart of something the CDC had put out that was deemed misinformation, and somebody had their account taken down because of it. I have another chart I want to show you, Ms. Gaddy. Um, I have another tweet by someone with a following of a full 18,000 followers. This person put a chart from the CDC on Twitter. It's the CDC's own data, so it's accurate by your standards. And you all labeled this as misleading. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay. What makes you think you or anyone else on Twitter have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situation. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. Yeah! In your face from Nancy Mace right there. Vijaya Gaddy, how does that taste? But it wasn't just folks on the right that had the microphone, Nige. Yep. Your pal AOC Mm. had a chance to speak today, and AOC's upset that the account Libs of TikTok, quote, lied about Boston Children's Hospital giving hysterectomies to children. Uh, additionally, Ms. Navaroli, are you familiar with the account Libs of TikTok? I have heard of it from the news, yes. Um, Mr. Roth, are you familiar with this account? Yes, ma'am, I am. Are you aware from that from August 11th to August 16th, that account posted false information about Boston Children's Hospital, claiming that they were providing hysterectomies to children? Yes, I am aware of that and other claims from the account. And are you aware that this lie was then circulated by other prominent far-right influencers? Yes. And are you aware that 
all these claims, uh, which I have reiterated were false, culminated in a real-life harassment and ultimately a bomb threat to the Boston Children's Hospital. Yes, I am aware. And this account is still on that platform today, isn't it? Regrettably, yes, it is. Regrettably, yes, it is. My name is Yoel Roth. I pee sitting down. <laughs> now, that's now, now her claim that the Boston Children's Hospital uh, giving hysterectomies to children, it, you know, that's a lie. That's, that's not quite true, is it? Well, in a sense-deleted video posted on the YouTube account of the Boston Children's Hospital, yeah. this was a video that was up for a while. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. That was posted on the YouTube page of the Boston (laughs) Children's Hospital, and then magically it disappeared, (laughs) but the internet is forever. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Busy night last night. I watched the State of the Union. I watched the response from Sarah Sanders. Mm -hmm. And since I was up, Mm. I watched LeBron break Kareem's record. Yeah. Okay. Quite an accomplishment. Say what you want about his politics. It was, it was it, that's a huge that's a huge milestone. This was the moment LeBron James became the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Looking for James, he's got it. LeBron James, a shot in history. And Kareem was there. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. If I were him, after LeBron did that and they had the big ceremony, I would have got up with an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey on, activated myself, (laughs) and got my record back. (laughs) I would have checked into the game, got a couple more points. I think the Thunder won, by the way. They did, and they stopped the game. Like, this was weird. They stopped the game at the end of the third quarter for LeBron when he did this. Did you hear his speech? A little bit of it. Man, thank you guys. <laughs> there, was, there was more than that. <laughs> That's what I took from it. Can I hear it one more time, please? Man, thank you guys. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock First rule of comedy, Hammer. Please don't stammer during the setup. Here's here's President Biden last night, State of the Union address. Before before he even started his speech, he was stumbling through a joke about how Vice President Kamala Harris gets to go to the Super Bowl, and he doesn't. But listen to what happened. Madam Vice President, by the way, Chief Justice, I may need a court order. She gets to go to the the game tomorrow uh, next week. I have to stay home. Got to work something out here. He was he was wrong on both counts. Was that <laughs> crowd laughing at the joke or laughing at him? Madam Vice President, by the way, Chief Justice, I may need a court order. She gets to go to the the game tomorrow uh, next week. I have to stay home. 
got to work something out here. No, they were laughing at him. <laughs> there were several several moments during that speech last night where I felt the crowd was laughing at him, not with him. It was an interesting night last night. We had a lot of stuff going on. We had some booing. We had the first lady making out with the second gentleman. We had a lot of stuff going on last night. <laughs> I love how it's gone from, it was just a longer kiss to she was flat out making out with him. <laughs> we were a couple of minutes away from his hands going up her shirt. Oh my goodness. But Gracious. my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments, is when Joe Biden starts talking about guns. Yeah. Now, I'm not Guy Relford. I don't know the ins and outs of pretty much every single weapon that's out there, but I know enough to know Joe Biden is an idiot. Joe Biden last night reclassifies semi-automatic pistols as assault weapons, then calling for their ban. Weeks ago, during the Lunar New Year celebrations, you heard the studio door close, and you saw a man standing there pointing semi-automatic pistol at him. He thought he was going to die, but he thought about the people inside. And in that instant, he found the courage to act and wrestled a semi-automatic pistol away from the gunman who had already killed 11 people in another dance studio. 11. He saved lives. It's time we do the same. Ban assault weapons now. Ban them now. Once and for all. First of all, tell me what an assault weapon is, and a semi-automatic pistol qualifies as an assault weapon. All right. He has no idea what he's talking about. Whoever writes his speeches, they have no idea and, what they're talking and about. Not only that, but the the politics involved. He, he's invoking politics in tragedies. He's politicizing these these horrific tragedies that have happened to further his agenda. There was a moment last night where Joe Biden wanted to make it sound like only the black community or people of color have to have conversations with their kids about what happens when you get pulled over. Again, the perfect example is what he's talking about what happened in Memphis, right? Right. So listen to what Joe Biden had to say last night. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk, the talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashton, my children, I never had to have the talk with them. Well, that's irresponsible. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Imagine having to worry like that every single time. I taught my son that. He drives. I was taught that in driver's ed. When you get pulled over by a police officer, you pull over, you put your hands on the wheel, you roll down the window, and you don't make any sudden movements. And it's an incredibly divisive comment. It's it's racially motivated. It's race baiting. He's impl- basically implicating that cops are racist. Right. Oh, we're back to that old chestnut. Um, and it shouldn't be... It, it, it should be compliance is what he should be talking about is not resisting is what he should be talking about the thing in memphis it was awful it was it was disgusting those guys were immediately arrested fired and and, and charged um and this is something totally different again standing on that tragic situation in memphis to race bait and smear cops is racist
when honestly, that hardly ever happens. I mean, look at the stats. It hardly ever, ever happens. I go, you know, I sometimes it's overkill for me. <laughs> Seriously, when I when I get pulled over, the last time I got pulled over in Whitestown, I think I I, I immediately pulled my uh, pulled over, uh, turned my car off, put the flashers on, rolled down my window, took my keys <laughs> out of the ignition, and then put hung put both of my hands on the window on the door frame with the keys hanging out, so the cop would know that I was not a threat to him. Which now looking back probably was setting off some red flags for the right. cop. It was a little too much. <laughs> I think I overkill. <laughs> He's probably, oh boy, this guy knows the drill. What, what felony is he convicted of that he knows that I... <laughs> and why doesn't he have pants on, for the love of God? <laughs> but when you were learning to drive, though, did somebody teach yes. you, whether it's your old man or whoever, that this is what you do when you get pulled over? Well, they certainly didn't teach me that all cops are racist, and that's what the implication is in that statement. Well, Nige, it also wouldn't be a Joe Biden speech if we didn't have an appearance from friend of the show, the gibberish man. Oh, no. And now, time for another conversation with gibberish man. He's the gibberish man. He's the gibberish man. He talks in gibberish, gibberish man. Oh, you can't understand the gibberish man because he talks in gibberish, gibberish man. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> gibberish man. Hey, if you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. <laughs> now, and then immediately after he said that, whatever he said, people stood up and applauded. Yeah, for Jibbishibishi, yeah. It's like nobody knew what he said. And they're all, is this the Emperor's new clothes or something? It's. it's I've got the White House transcript here, Nige. Okay. I'm going to slide this over to you. All right. I want you, you to read this White House transcript from that line last night. Uh, make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of frizzing jobs, <laughs> I will veto it. All right. Now I want you to read that transcript along oh, no, with no, Joe me... Biden. Make no, no mistake. mistake. <laughs> you try... Allison, let me start over. Start it over again. Okay, here we go. Make no, no mistake. mistake. <laughs> if you try, you try anything, anything to raise the cost of Well done, sir. Thank well you. done. <laughs> Matt Bear's got a look. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Look at the roads. <laughs> show time for the side piece with casey daniels from the kendall and casey show casey how are you i'm good how about you guys a little tired a little tired up late watching the state of the union address yeah i actually i i had had some fun mm-hmm. now what sucked for me was uh we're ha- i'm having galaxy concrete coating oh. uh like you did in your garage why did that suck for you they're well, awesome. no they are awesome my garage looks amazing but my beer fridge is out in my driveway <laughs> <laughs> I was out of reach for last night's yes, State of the it, Union. I had to unplug it and empty everything out and uh, put a tarp over it so uh, <laughs> so it won't blow away. <laughs> so, um, Perfect. Hey, did you, were you okay with the heckling last night during the State of the Union address? I mean, this thing is kind of a theatrical production. Yeah. It sounded like a, 
British Parliament last night in some places. I I was okay with it. What about you? I don't know. I thought I I was okay with it. I especially got tickled from Kevin McCarthy having to shush everybody when they were yelling out <laughs> "liar" and "it's your fault." And um, you know, I I I think it's better than the theatrical production that was actually giving the speech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. You know, there was a representative, and I can't think of who he was. I think he was from New York that said this morning, look, if you're going to stand up there and lie in the people's house, Mm -hmm. in my house, we're going to give it back to you. If you are going to just completely lie to our face, and that's what it was when it came to the Social Security Mm -hmm. Medicare issue, Mm -hmm. because Kevin McCarthy, the night before, said that- It's off the table. Off the table. Yeah. Uh, There were, I think, five big points- I, I wanted to call it a show throughout the show. That's what it was. Speech, it was a show. Was That's show. what it's designed to do. Yeah, it's when uh, they were shouting out liar. Of course, it was McCarthy shushing everybody, saying we're going to have decorum. It was Biden lying about the 12 million new jobs. Of course, we all know that it was really... 2.7 million new jobs. He didn't create those jobs. Those jobs just created, went away were, during COVID because right, the government shut down. They went away, and uh, there was the kiss. Oh, the kiss. The kiss. That's how I knew we were going to have a fun night. When that I saw was a show. Dr. Jill and uh-huh. Kamala's husband going at each other, baby. Do you think there was tongue? I think that so. Was, she what? dove in. I, 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 I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you do that again? Let's go. No. I want to hear that again. No, I can't. Um, yes, yeah, definitely aggressive uh, kiss from mm-hmm. with the doctor and Kamala's husband. Do you think? It, do you feel like it lingered just a little too long? They were holding hands and it was well. kind of staged. They looked at each other and then went in and oh, this is when we kissed. Would you have been surprised if Kamala's husband? Just grabbed a big handful of the first lady's ass. Handful of butt. No, I would have cheered it. That would have been amazing to see. But it's like, you know, what are they going to do? Brush each other's hair now? And did they hold hands throughout the whole speech? And most importantly, what did they do afterwards? Right. Where, where was that after party? While Joe's out there shaking hands, right. they're going back to the uh Right. Well, you know, it, it took him 20 minutes when the speech was over to get from the podium back out the door. And by then, you know, Jill was already gone. She was <laughs> like... And I will say, like, I know Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, called for decorum, mm-hmm. but... Sorry, that went out the window a few years ago when Nancy Pelosi ripped, ripped up Trump's up. speech. Yes, yeah, so, so so calls for decorum and people heckling. I'm totally fine with it, mm-hmm. especially given that it's it's more of a theatrical production and a show than it is something that's necessary to the United States. Well, so much they come across as just stuff suits. So this actually showed that some of these people have personalities. Which right. was interesting. My favorite part, I don't know what channel you guys watched it on. I watched it on C-SPAN. It was really interesting after the speech when Biden was making his exit and yeah. he was stopping and shaking everybody's hands. They had the mic on. And you know, I was sitting there listening like, what's again? Oh, say something stupid. Just do it. Just say something you don't want a microphone to pick up on. <laughs> and instead you got, which way am I supposed to go? Oh, Where they- am I supposed to go now? Yeah, there was that a few times. Well, as soon as the speech was over, and he was exiting the uh, the podium, you know, the stage. He had to get direction that way. Okay, this way. No. <laughs> uh, Nigel and I talked about this a few minutes ago. Yeah, but it feels like everybody that I know that's a parent has 
talk to their kids about what happens if you get pulled over while driving. Mm -hmm. But last night, Joe Biden made it sound like only minority parents have to have that Mm -hmm. conversation. I've got an 18-year-old driver in my house, and when he was going through driver's ed, I told him, listen, it's 10 and 2 if you get pulled over. Mm -hmm. You don't reach. You roll down your window. It's yes, officer, no, officer. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. don't make any sudden movements. I think most people do that, right? Yeah. Well, and the conversation with my daughter is like, okay, there's an envelope in the glove box, and this has your proof of insurance in it, and this is what you do, and you hope it never happens. But yeah, I think everybody, if you're a good parent, has to have that conversation with their child when they're learning to drive. Same as, this is where the gas goes. And well, (laughs) you know what? I just had to have the conversation recently of how to refill the windshield washer fluid because that was a new thing that had to happen. But you've got Biden up there making it look like that's something only the black community Mm -hmm. has to worry about. No, any good parent should teach their children that. But then again, this is coming from Joe Biden. Look how Hunter turned out. (laughs) The side piece with Casey Daniels joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. So in addition to Sarah Huckabee Sanders Mm -hmm. delivering her GOP response, the Republican response, response. Mm -hmm. You had Donald Trump doing his own response on a video. Mm -hmm. And we've also got Donald Trump putting out some pretty nasty social media posts about Ron Ron DeSantis. DeSantis. Very passive aggressive against Ron DeSantis. DeSanctimonious. Yeah, okay, so what? It's this old picture of Ron DeSantis when he was a teacher or he was in college or something and there's women around him who also may or may not be having a cocktail. They may or may not be over 18. I mean, I don't know all of the details about this picture, it doesn't matter. It just seems like Trump is just trying to stir it up again. Recent poll from Club for Growth said that DeSantis leads Trump by nine percentage points and... Trump probably knows this. But aren't all polls just something you wipe your butt with at this point, though? Because <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago, we had one Trump's up 20%. Right. The next day, DeSantis up oh, 20%. Okay, yeah. but, but here's yeah. the thing. You mentioned the response. Okay, so Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she did her response, which I thought was very controlled and well thought out, maybe a little long, maybe a little boring compared to Biden mumbling through. Yeah, but most but, politicians are. Most politicians aren't like Donald Trump. I right. thought she did awesome. Right. No, I thought she did great, too, and she kept calling for a younger generation of Republicans. I did feel like it was a little long, though. I'm with you. It went just a little long. Um, but then you had Trump. He did his, now the real State of the Union address, right? <laughs> and it was animated, but I thought it was, I thought he was truthful. He said things that Americans want to hear. But then he goes and does this stupid truth social thing with Ron DeSantis. It's like one minute you get the Trump that you want and you think America needs. And then you get the Trump who's putting on a clown show. So you were not like, okay with, with... Pick one. Yeah, with, with him posting these photos. No, because and, then he has me. He has me. I'm like, okay, you know what? Trump is saying some stuff that I'm agreeing with. And, yep. and maybe I've been harsh with him. And maybe I'm coming back around. And then he goes and he does that. I'm like, nope, I'm out again. I want to know if you agree with the statement that uh, your midday cohort, Rob Kendall, once told me. Politics is show business for ugly people. Do you believe it? Show me. No way. Tulsi Gabbard's hot. What are you talking about? I mean, there's a few. Nikki Haley's There's a few very tokens, pretty... but for the most yeah. part, for every Nikki Haley, Bobert? for every Lauren Boebert, there's mm-hmm. a Mitch McConnell, there's a Mitt Romney, there's a bunch of people that look like feet. 
Okay, so give me the give me the look like feet. Give me the quote one more time. Politics is show business uh-huh. for ugly people. You're here. I'm here. Nigel's here. We're on the radio. But this is a show. It's a show. Uh We're in the biz, right? Clearly, it's not for ugly people. The promo, yeah, wait a minute. (laughs) The promo we run is Casey Daniels. They all have faces for radio and couldn't be on TV. Well, Casey Daniels could be on TV. By the way, kiss my ass, Casey. Kiss my ass. Because I'm on TV all the damn time. I know. I know you are. Every week. And I'm bitter and I'm mean about it. I haven't been on TV in three years. So I I didn't write the promo, but... But no, politics is not show business for ugly people because we're here. So come on. Tell me about the side piece. <laughs> okay, so lots of conversations been going on lately about eggflation, right? It's got you cracking yeah. up. Okay. Oh. Hey. So Indiana's favorite way to eat eggs, that's on the side piece. Also on there, what is the best restaurant in Indiana that Guy Fieri has visited? Rallies. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Rallies fries. Any but... buffet. No, uh it's an it's a restaurant here in Indianapolis. And also on the side piece, which is at WIBC.com, just go to blogs and find, you know, do the drop down menu and find the side piece. Um in the Senate Bill 77 passed in the House, so now it's going to go for a full vote, which would legalize throwing ninja stars. Excellent. Cool. Excellent. Check those I'd out. Vote for that. Light reading today. Casey Daniels, the Kendall and Casey show every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer, right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He was a longtime educator here in Indy, STEM educator with IPS. Now he is an investigative journalist with the Daily Signal, Tony Kennett joining us. All right, Tony, before we get into some other things in your wheelhouse, what did you think of the State of the Union address last night? I was amazed that a guy could get up and and say things that were completely the opposite of what his policy stated, and everyone just kind of nodded along and agreed with it. Like, uh, yeah, we're not going to raise your taxes if you make less than $400,000 as taxes are skyrocketing across the country. Uh, Not to mention the load of other nonsense about gun grabbing and abortion that he tried to pass off as some kind of 90s labor Democrat while the policies are um, aggressively hyper-progressive. You know, I know there were other more important things last night, but for me personally, I think my favorite moment was when we got into a heated debate about whether or not you can work at Burger King and have a non-compete in your contract. (laughs) Yeah, that was... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. That was special. I personally really enjoyed when uh, he fell for the age-old trap of talking with your audience that doesn't agree with you. So he got booed loudly by the majority of Congress when he started talking about Medicare. And instead of moving on, he was like, "No, you gotta look. You gotta look it up." Like, look it up and. I, I was expecting him to say the Google at any point, and uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the best I got was him forgetting the names of our ambassadors. So, I, I think for me, it was Joe Biden 
blaming and complaining about things that he could have fixed in his 50 years in politics <laughs> including 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 uh, hold on including the tax code which i know he's only been in uh, the president of the united states for two years now but you know he did that with the senate he's in the congress in his control up until uh this year and he's done nothing so i love that in police reform the president's big you know, speech was that it shouldn't happen like this. It never should have been like this. Yet he's been talking about crime and police work every one of his 50 years in office, either in Congress or is in vice president or president. He's never done a thing. Oh, not only that, but he came up, you know, the crime bill that, that was putting people in jail left and right in the 90s was his idea. He, it's like the uh, the Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man's pointing at the other Spider-Man. It's like, who's <laughs> responsible for this? It's me. I'm the one responsible. That was the president's speech last night. One of the things we talked about with uh, Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey show earlier was, uh, and you alluded to it a little bit, the, the heckling from uh, the chamber there. What Are you okay with that kind of uh, behavior? Uh, I, I am rather uh, bemused whenever I see heckling behavior because it's all performative. I mean, if yes. the group entirely yes. like boos or doesn't agree or doesn't applaud, that's fine. I, I'm someone who thinks that the State of the Union address should go back to being a letter that is sent to Congress instead of a big, huge performing in front of the world kind of nonsense, like we're all going to hear the king speak. But that said... Uh, I always get a kick out of, you know, someone shouting out liar and then the Democrat commerce members shout, oh, for shame, shame. Did you guys hear that? They're <laughs> shouting shame like it was season two of Downton Abbey. What is that? <laughs> it did have a little British Parliament feel yeah, last sure night at is. times, didn't it? That's a line from Hamilton. Like there, there's this guy reading this thing. He's like the Continental Congress for shame. For shame. <laughs> like, get the Shakespeare wigs out for these congressmen and women. Good for them, I, I guess. Whatever gets you clicks. Tony Kennett joining us. Uh, we'll talk about your new show coming up here in just a moment. But I want to get some updates on some things that we had talked about last week. First of all, let's start with Pendleton. Pendleton was having a controversy about a whistleblower counselor in the school that wanted people to know, hey, the people inside of this high school, they're trying to block parents out of what's happening with their transgender policy. They were supposed to have this big come to Jesus school board meeting and people showed up and nothing happened. Did that meeting ever get rescheduled, Tony? Yeah, it's rescheduled for uh, March now. They, they're they're really trying to ride out the storm on this because parents are blisteringly angry, and a lot of teachers as well, at how Counselor Kathy McCourt has been treated. And I don't just mean right-wing parents and teachers. Parents and teachers on the left, the far left, uh, the independent and the center have all reached out to me to say they support Kathy McCord. They may say, look, I hate you normally, and I don't like your writing, but we stand with Kathy McCord. She shouldn't be fired for whistleblowing policies that the school board never passed. And now this is the big kicker. The school board is actually going behind everyone's back, writing a brand new hastily written series of policies that describe transgender children and how they're going to fire any teacher that talks to the press. And they're trying to like go back and fix their mistakes retroactively. It's really funny because in the document, 
Dr. Hall has called both the assistant superintendent and the superintendent. So, you know, maybe be a grown-up and proofread your documents. So this got pushed back to March, this meeting where this counselor will find out her fate. What happens to her until then? Like, this has to be just a very awkward situation to put somebody in who was trying to do the right thing. So this is the same kind of a situation I was in at Indianapolis. They put you on leave with pay. Because if they took away your pay and suspended you, then things get really hairy legally, according to precedent in Indiana law. But at the moment, if you pay them and you just say, don't come to work, you're kind of in limbo forever. The question I have is, what is happening to students who are assigned Kathy as a counselor? Uh, what about kids who are seeking career advice, something that Kathy has been sought for in the Pendleton community uh, for well over a decade? This is a really weird move by Pendleton to leave her dangling this long. Um, and uh, it really verges on the border of cruel. Is there no law in Indiana against that? In other words, a student uh, says they want to be transgender or comes out to a teacher, and the teacher is either told to lie to the parents or not notify them, and is it something similar going on in Oklahoma right now, I think? Yeah, Oklahoma, Arizona, there are several bills across several state legislatures. The courts are trying to figure out because up until about 15 minutes ago, uh, transgenderism was classified as a mental disorder that needed serious help and counseling. And it was not something schools could hide uh, from parents because if, if I went to a, a school counselor and said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm cutting myself, which is another mental uh, situation that a lot of middle school and high schoolers face, Nine times out of ten, the counselor reaches out to the parents and says, hey, look, your kid is dealing with this. It's dangerous. They could um, basically they're flirting with suicide. We need to work together now that it's politically appropriate, though. Schools are writing their own rules. So we're it's new territory. There haven't been any laws written because up until now we've used common sense. By the way, just just a side note, that, that thing in Oklahoma where the transgender activists were occupying the federal building seemed a little insurrectiony to me. I mean, same with the teachers in uh, Wisconsin. When I worked for Governor Walker's office, they would storm the Capitol, and uh, I was spit on it at one point. Uh, just, and I wasn't even a, a partisan member of the staff. I, I, I guess Democrats are allowed to storm government buildings when they like or burn down police precincts, but uh, if you stand inside the velvet ropes and statutory hall boy that's insurrection right there when the left does it it's a mostly peaceful spit in your face tony that's that's what it's called um let's go (laughs) from pendleton to hamilton southeastern you told us last week about this guy ben yoder who was an educator in the hamilton southeastern school district at one of the schools and you had the story that he had kind of gotten in trouble sending some sexually suggestive messages to a student give us the update on that well he's no longer employed at hamilton southeastern uh he basically there was a full investigation by the school other students started to come over after my report on his behavior and said oh well actually ben yoder's been a creep for years for like a decade Uh, he's been leaving sexual images up on the projector where he's butt naked and accidentally leaving it up on the computer for the class He, he talked about his sexuality and his dating life all the time. Uh, I'm told by various students and parents and other teachers in the building uh, said that, that Ben was not just, uh, you know, comfortable with his sexuality. He was obsessed with it. And students really were, were paying the price of that at all times. And that's it's really disgusting. Um, at this time, uh, the police say that they don't have any evidence that he has committed a crime because it looks like the senior that he was talking to 
Ben didn't actually overtly say anything. Uh, you know, he didn't overtly say, hi, I'd like to commit crimes with you. He, he was kind of feeling the student out. Uh, but the investigation is still open because there's a lot of messages to look through. Tonight, uh, Dr. Stokes over at Hamilton Southeastern is going to be addressing the situation, which is funny because this happened back in August. And uh, amazingly, the prior school board and administration brushed off a lot of parental concerns about Ben Yoder. There have been complaints coming in about him for like a full on year. And it wasn't until we had a conservative school board elected at Hamilton Southeastern that they decided to take this seriously. So I'm going there tonight at 7 p.m. to cover it. And uh, if you're in the Indianapolis area, I highly encourage you to join me. should be interesting. Hey, can you come back for one more segment? Because I want to talk about your show that's starting this weekend. Can you hang around? You guys got it. All right. Coming back, we'll have more with Tony Kennett. This is The Hammer and Nigel Show. Okay, we are back for a second segment with Tony Kennett from The Daily signal and we've got a couple of minutes left here tony you have a show coming up this weekend you're not filling in well i get are you filling in for abdul while he's running for mayor are they giving you your own show but your new show debuts this saturday at one o'clock on 93 wibc just uh, give us a little insight yeah, so uh, Abdul is running for mayor, a very excellent candidate, in my opinion, for the city of Indianapolis, based on his years of policy and work. Uh, and he obviously doesn't have time to manage a radio show in the interim. And so they asked if I would like to uh, take over that time slot and do uh, the, quote, Tony Kinnett show, quote. And uh, sure, why not? Yeah. I, I feel as though it would uh, be a good hoot. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do with it. One to three on Saturdays. What can we expect from the Tony Kennett show? I mean, obviously, you're best known for your work in the education system, but tell us about what the show is going to be like. Is it local? Is it national news? Are you going to be playing a guitar and, you know, smashing it over your head? What kind of show are we talking about here? Well, there will be some guitar smashing, maybe not over my head, uh, but I, I would be bereft if I didn't mention that there will be some guitar smashing. Uh, it's it's not really going to be focused just on local or national. Uh, it's going to be a, a lovely du jour blend of a bunch of the nonsense that your average Hoosier deals with, because we put up with a lot of junk here in the state of Indiana. And uh, I, I don't know, it's one of those things that I, I really developed a taste for while, while working with you guys on WI. BC and we'll see if Hoosiers are interested. You know, maybe they won't. Maybe uh, in a couple of weeks I'll be on there, uh, uh, like you said, playing guitar and, and smashing it over my own head. Well, time will tell. You know, you're you're somewhat of a controversial figure in this uh, uh, city and state, and people love to hate you. I, I would hope, uh, just a suggestion, maybe take you know, open the phone lines. And take some calls. Yes, and I, I do. I would love you know, taking just a few. Okay, because I feel like it's you know people are afraid to debate, and I don't hear enough of that sometimes. And they don't take fun. And and I think I think you would be great at it, especially during your testimony in front of the state legislature uh, last year, where you gave it to the Democrats. That was hilarious. I think you should take a lot of phone calls. 
I'm planning on it. I'll, I'll be taking a few calls. Uh, I have a few uh, state senators and reps in mind who are always welcome to call in and debate. Uh, the, the ones that when I'm in the state house refuse to make eye contact with me. They find their shoes really interesting when I'm around. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. That must be something in the water. But yeah, we'll be doing a little bit of that. Uh, just hoping to uh, bring a little bit of that uh, Tony Kennett's fireball nonsense over onto the Saturday lineup. It should be fun. You can find him on the Daily Signal and the WIBC weekend lineup, Saturday, 1 o'clock, the Tony Kennett Show. Tony Kennett, my man, you're the best. Thank you. Hey, thanks for letting me on, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.